0: Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the Mayor Greg Fisher podcast. Uh, public safety is always the number one priority for our city, and this is complicated work because we know that crime, particularly violence, is influenced by a lot of factors, starting with poverty and lack of opportunity. So understanding this, you've really got to look at this as a whole of government type of challenge. This is not any one agency that can address all of the challenges that society uh, throws at them. And we've spoken in past episodes uh, about the work happening with our Office for Safe and Healthy Neighborhoods to address the root causes of violence. That's challenging work, we know that, but it pays dividends every time a young person who's gotten in trouble in the past has been put on a path toward a stable life and a career. Through a program like Reimage, that has been great, uh, Reimage provides a, a mentor, uh, the youth earn a GED and a job over 75% success rate through reimage, So we know these programs work. They just need to be funded. We've spoken on this podcast about the work that LMPD does. They're in the enforcement part of our public safety system. And today we're gonna to talk about another piece of this work that sometimes gets overlooked. And we're gonna talk about what you can do to help. So we're joined by two members of our hardworking corrections team here today, Chief of Staff, Eric Troutman, and Assistant Director Steve Durham.
1: Yeah, good Welcome, Mayor. gentlemen. Thank you.
0: Good to have you guys. First off, I'd like to give you a big hat tip. Uh, the work that you guys do in corrections and the entire corrections team is incredible and most everybody doesn't get to see it because you all are behind yeah. walls each and every day. So first off, just want to say thank you for the incredible work that your entire team does under difficult circumstances and oftentimes you don't get thanked enough. Appreciate so, that. Thank you very much. All right. So we've got a challenge. We've got an immediate need right now. The country in Louisville seems to be going through some kind of uh, reconditioning of the workforce, people getting into the Mm -hmm. workforce, people Mm -hmm. staying in the workforce. And we've got uh, some challenges at uh, corrections in terms of uh, people coming to work and new people coming to work as well. We've seen that with a lot of public safety positions all over the country right now. So you all have come up with some novel approaches to address that, if you'd like to tell us about that.
2: Sure, so we have uh, three new incentives and I'll talk about this for the first two. The first one is our sign on incentive, which uh, gets people in the door, they, they sign on and once they complete the academy, they get a $1,000 payment and then, uh, Once they get sworn in and start working inside the jail, if they make it through their six month probationary period, they get another $1,000. So hopefully that helps bring people into our our fold. And then the second one we have is the stay on uh, incentive, which is for our current staff that are already there. And um, September 1st, anybody who was on our roster as an employee got $1,000, didn't have to do nothing. It was just there for them. Um, and then again, if they're still with us in June of 2022, then they will get another lump sum of $1,000. so that's the second part of, of, of bringing people on, keeping them on, and hopefully sticking around with us for the long haul um, because it is challenging work and you know quite often people sometimes find themselves when they start that they, they it's not for them, but if they would stay and, and, and get a little more experience then, they often find that they like it.
0: It's challenging work, but I've spent enough time uh, visiting you all in the jail to see it's rewarding work as well when people have turned other folks' lives around in such a positive way. So Steve, we talked about a couple other uh, existing programs. Are there more programs to that? And let me then ask you also, once you are a corrections officer, what does that pathway look like?
1: Eric talked about the sign-on, the stay-on, and the third piece is the bring-on. So when I'm out at the academy talking to new recruits and I ask them, you know, how did you learn about corrections as a profession? And many of them are telling me that they learned it from another corrections officer who they knew, they met at the grocery store, they met at church, they see it on the street and they encouraged them to come and explore this path. So the bring on is for corrections officers to get out there and be the recruiter and get to individuals to encourage them to come on and get engaged in corrections. So for the current employees, if you refer someone who then graduates from the academy and stays on, that's a a, a, a bonus to you. That's a thousand dollar bonus for each individual that you get up to ten. So that's ten thousand dollars a term that men and women who are working there can earn by referring good quality candidates to stay connected with corrections. And what's really great about this, I think, mayor, is that you know you get a chance to influence who's going to be your coworker. You now, where else can you go where you can really kind of, you know, really have an incentive to, to influence who you're gonna be working with. So I really like that.
0: Right. And you guys worked with Daniel Johnson and the corrections union to come up with these incentives. That's right. So
1: uh, Dwayne Clark, who's a director, um, well invested in recruiting and, and personnel, you know, uh, and Daniel Johnson, who's the FOP president, they've worked hand in hand to create these uh, initiatives and it's really fantastic. Yep.
0: And then Eric, so let's say I'm I'm in the door now and uh, I'm happy, I'm looking to the future. What kind of uh, promises there in for the future there in terms of my career?
2: Sure, so there there are many in-house opportunities that we have available for staff to develop and and grow, but there's two in particular that are very near and dear to Steve and I both. Um, And the the one that I'm particularly fond of is the National Institute of Corrections. Um, training sessions that they offer. Um, so for the corrections world, the National Institute of Corrections is, is kind of the, the top tier of, of, of our profession. And they have two programs that are, are very um, nationally recognized as, as being le- the leadership development uh, for, for corrections staff. And the first one is the correctional leadership development course, which I have participated in and I'm a graduate of. And then the second one is their executive excellence class, which is, I am also a graduate of. And that's a year long program that, that just really invests in your growth as a leader within corrections field and, and really gives you the tools you need to help move your profession forward, not just stay stagnant and, and give you some creative outlets to, to be able to think outside the box and, and do things that typical jails just don't do it. So, um, well,
0: I want to, you know one of the things i've admired about the uh, the jail is that you all sought national accreditation in the work that you've done with mark bolton with duane clark with you all leading the way that's not normal i mean the the standard that you all set in the professional development has been impressive and not just for all the other agencies within metro louisville uh, government but throughout the country as well so i think that speaks to the culture that you all built
1: yeah, the other um, aspect is the National Jail Leadership Command Academy. Now, these are, again, both of these are very focused on the industry that we're in. And National Jail Leadership Command Academy it's part of the Correction Management Institute of Texas and it's at Sam Houston State University. So they team up with the American Jail Association and they have a uh, collaboration that brings professionals across the country in for a very intense week of, of training. And again, this is leadership training. So since its initial class in 2009, more than 1,500 emerging jail leaders have been through this command academy. Um, it's about 300 agencies involved. So you have you know, Los Angeles County Jail, where you've got you know, 15,000 inmates. You have uh, you know, uh, small jails, uh, uh, Bourbon County, Kentucky, that maybe only has 30 inmates. And, and others like Metro Corrections with you know 1,500 plus inmates. So they were all gathered, they, they learned essential leadership skills, self-awareness uh, and, and training, uh, how to manage data, how to build a budget, how to change your culture and your agency, uh, dealing with criticism, you know, developing strategic plans and creating mission, vision and value. So it's a really intense, powerful week. And this session, we had two individuals, we tried to send two each year, um, we pay full tuition, we pay for their travel, we pay for their food. And uh, this year we had Sergeant Autumn Gwin, uh Metro Corrections, and Manet Matrosian. Now, these two individuals, one of them is in the security side and the other is on the civilian side. So we're investing you know, in the future of corrections all across the board. And not only that, I mean, these two initiatives are, are great and they're focused on leadership in corrections itself. But we also have tuition reimbursement so if somebody wants to develop a particular skill set or build their knowledge base we're encouraging that and we're going to reimburse them um, those good students
0: that's good. yeah so a lot of good programs uh, we're working inside of jail so safety is going to come to people's minds so talk to us a little bit about the environment inside of the jail the the safety culture that you all have built there
2: everybody or all of our sworn staff start off with a 10-week academy um, and and that that gives them the tools they need to do to do the job Um, and you know most a lot of it is in the classroom that teaches and i'll say this a hundred times over communication 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 Um, our words are our biggest tool especially inside a facility, uh, a correctional facility. And so we really focus on, on giving people the, the communication skills that they need, um, you know, dealing with difficult people, people with mental health issues, people with substance abuse issues, the whole gamut of issues people have within their lives, whether it just be you know, social awkwardness or, or even you know, more severe things. So communication is always key that we, we give them those tools to do that. And then we, they, we also do the physical fitness parts and, and, and defensive tactics and um, OC and, and, and firearms, all those things that, that people need to be able to, to do their jobs and to do them well. And then with inside the, the, the facility itself, you know, we, we have over 600 fixed cameras that are constantly monitored that uh, watch from inmate living areas to, to dorms and hallways and various areas of the facility. And then all of our st- uh, officers are now equipped with a body camera to be able to uh, record any, I- any issues that they face when, when dealing with inmates. And then something we're currently in the process of doing right now is issuing every officer their own radio. So if you can imagine being the officer that has to uh, respond to a, a dorm disturbance and going in there and not having a radio or, or one that's not functioning right, um, you know, those radios are, are their, their, their beacons for help. Um, so we're very excited that we're now being able to issue uh, each officer their own radio to be able to, 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 to reach out when they need the help that they need. So we're we're always looking at ways to improve our security systems. Um, you know, we just recently upgraded all of the integrated system itself. So um,
0: the investments that we have continue to make as a city, I hope everybody feels good about that. Obviously, safety is the number one thing. But let's step back for a minute, Steve, and just talk about what is the average day look like inside of the jail.
1: Yeah. So if you look at uh, what happens, so let's let's start with the the Sallyport doors fly open. A police car comes in. We're the only jail in town, so they're going to have an inmate that they're going to deliver to our custody. And that's a transition that takes place at our, at the back door of the organization through the Sally Port. Individuals coming in now, remember, men and women at corrections are looking at individuals to try to assess their needs and evaluate their immediate needs. So when they come in, the first thing we're going to do is is enhance public safety and conduct a search. So it's a pat down search of the individual, making sure they don't have any contraband on them or things that that might have been in their pocket unforgotten uh, about. People do it all the time, you know, clippers, nail clippers, and pocket knives, they leave them. So we first identify all those things and make it safe for the individual to move forward. And once they get into there, then you're in an, in an open space where we're gonna start um, uh, doing the, or the things that are necessary to make sure we've got you and taking care of you. So you're gonna meet with the medical staff. They're gonna go through a, a, uh, an interview with you like you would do going to your doctor. You know, how are you feeling today? What medications are you on? We do a classification system. So we're looking at individuals and find out what is their history of you know, being involved in criminal justice? What's their history of being involved in incarceration? So we know where to safely house them when they're inside custody. Because you don't want to mix individuals that are there for something like writing a bad check with something like a robbery. So you're, you're picking, making sure you're doing the right things on, the, on that first entry space. And then you got to get the fingerprints, you got to get photographs. So a lot of activities going on and, and that's just the first floor. So that's what it looks like on a daily basis. Then after you get introduced to, to corrections and you, you've interviewed with the judge and they've determined that you're set a bond and you're unable to make your bond and you can remain in corrections. Then we're looking at trying to take care of what are your immediate needs? What are your healthcare needs? Do you have a substance abuse issue that needs to be addressed? Um, and we got to do all those daily things like making sure they have cleaning supplies to keep their living space clean. I mean, people have got to take care of their living space and we've got to give them the supplies to do that. So the daily work uh, looks like that. There's sanitation, there's laundry, there's food. We got to deliver three meals a day, um, all that. And then just I have a, a group of civilians that also are addressing some personal needs. So people need to contact their family, need to contact their lawyers. Very active uh, operation all day long.
0: Well, and the average, there's about 1,500 inmates.
1: Yeah, right now we're we're around 1,600. We're we're over capacity, mayor. As you know, we've got about 300 more um, people than we have bet. so it's a it's overcrowded right now. Um, but we're working on that with our criminal justice partners on a daily basis too,
0: and our state partners where we and tend partners. to keep them longer than what is required. But that's a whole other right. podcast. Okay. <laughs> Uh, Talk about some of your special needs, uh, Eric, in there. In particular, I'm thinking about the substance use disorder uh, population and those suffering from addiction when they come in. And I've seen just some amazing results of some of the inmate-led programs that we've had that are unusual for a jail or a prison or anywhere in the country, but I think it speaks to the humanity of Louisville Corrections people are probably familiar with
2: the term enough is enough which was the substance abuse program that we we started in our, that we started uh, inside the facility which has now been re-termed as chance for change um, and the majority of folks that come visit us and i use the term visit lightly but they you know substance abuse is a very common thing that we we see um, and, and so we, we wanna give people the opportunity and the chance to, to better themselves and to break that chain. And, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, the program gives them a chance to do that. And, and as you alluded to, it, it's inmate led, uh, we're facilitating it, but it's led by the inmates and they are encouraging each other and they are helping guide each other and getting them down that path of recovery. And one of the, the cool things that I like about it is, is is new folks as they come in and they're currently detoxing um, off of a substance, also gets housed with these folks. And that gives those folks that are currently in their recovery the chance to to reach out to those folks that are, you know, they've been there and they've done that. And, you know, let me take your hand and let me help you through this. And that's, you know, years and years ago, I'm in my 23rd year with corrections, well with Metro Corrections and um, you know when I started we you didn't even think of things like that. Um, You know inmates helping other inmates that just didn't make sense Um, but to be able to say that you know we started that and we pioneered that and we've 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 taken it all over the country and other jails and facilities around the country are adopting it is you know that's a that's a pride thing for us. Um, that, that, you know, we're, we're doing things that commonly isn't what's considered jail work.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Can, well, I make a, can I make a comment about that, yeah. uh, Mayor? So, you know, we're in National Recovery Month right now, September is, and people don't always think about it, but, you know, 85% of the population that comes to the door has a life that's impacted by substance use, you know? So we have, we have developed a, a, a very sophisticated and skilled set of individuals who are trained to help individuals with substance use disorders. So, you know, we, we provide in substance use uh, treatment and mental health services at the same time because there's often a very close combined, uh, you know, challenge with that. So, um, we not only do we have a substance use treatment program, but we've expanded this a little bit more with the help of uh, public health um, into using medication assisted treatment for an opiate use disorder. That's the driver of. Of, of cases coming through Metro Corrections is opiate use disorder. And so what we're doing in that space, we've, we've teamed up with national organizations, the, the, the Bureau of Justice, um, and we are providing individuals who are, who are in the community on a FDA approved medication, of methadone or Suboxone, and we're providing continuous care of that medical treatment while they're in jail. This is not being done in many places. Uh, So we're we're plowing the ground to provide on the ground treatment for individuals with substance use disorder and getting a a really good response and good partnership with public health to do that.
0: Well, again, I wanna commend you all. As you know, every time I visit the jail, I like to go into one of the dorms where this program is taking place. And to see a new inmate detoxing basically right there in the cell with the other folks that have gone through it before helping that person calm down, cleaning them up, whatever, it's a spiritual transformation that takes place too. And then, as you know, when we saw some of the folks in those programs at the holidays, when their families come, of the females that are in that program, I mean, all that really helps, I think, get the ladies back on the track to say, okay, whatever I was in here for in the jail, I'm not gonna do this again. So it's just, a, I think, a tremendous display, again, of compassion and humanity that you don't have to do, so to speak, but you do it because it's the right thing to do. And we're looking for corrections officers that kind of have that combination that, you know, the, the heart of a social worker, if you will, with the mindset of, okay, but there's some rules also in society that we have to follow as well. So take us through kind of the typical day of a corrections officer. What, what does that look like? So,
2: as I said, you know, I'm in my 23rd year over there, and, and um, I, I will tell you that initially I had, I didn't plan on staying. And did you come in the door just as- As, as the corrections officer. Okay. I started on the floor doing doing, doing corrections work. Um, you know, I I, I didn't have in, intention to stay, um, and that's just the honest truth. And, and uh, But this was something that kind of got a hold of me, and once it got a hold of me, it didn't let go. And so I've stuck around for for a while, but you know, you ask for a typical day and my my favorite response to that is what I love most about the job is that there is no such thing as a typical day. Sounds
0: like my job. Um,
2: (laughs) You know, it's amazing how many times like I come into work and I think, okay, this is what my day is going to look like. I've got this on the schedule and none of it ends up happening because a thousand other things change that. Um, so typical is not a word that I, I, I use, but what, what you can expect is when you come in, you're, you're going to go through a roll call where you have a chance that, uh, you know, your command staff gives you uh, gives you the information that you need to know to, to start your shift and get things going. Um, and you're going to get your assignment for the day, whether that be, you know, booking or or working on a floor or in the property room or wherever that may be. Um, you're going to conduct counts, you know, one of the <laughs> One of our biggest things is we gotta know who we got and we gotta make sure we got the right number of them. Um, and, and then throughout your shift, you know, you're gonna have uh, medical staff that come up that need to see inmates and pass medications, and, and you're gonna have to transport them to the, to the medical floor to be seen by the doctor or the nurse or whatever that case may be. And of course, we, we've gotta feed. Uh, the inmates, you you can't not feed them, so.
0: It's probably the biggest restaurant in town. Right. You know,
2: we, we prepare over about 6,000 meals a day. Um, and you know, so you, you've got all those different things that go on and it's very fluid and it, it, it's, um, and and like I said, you know, and there's always the emergencies that pop up during that and that you got to deal with and handle and, and so, you know, a typical day is that it's atypical. Yeah. And, and, um. That's one of the things I love most about no, what that's do.
0: That's cool. And you know, and we, I don't know if it's a joke, Steve, but we say our probably biggest restaurant in town, biggest hotel in town, one of the biggest medical clinics in town, uh, certainly one of the biggest deliverers of mental health assistants in town as well. So if you want something that's always different, always challenging, it's a tremendous profession. So Steve, if I'm listening at home here and I'm thinking I want to be part of this work, how do i begin the journey to become a corrections officer
1: yeah so you know what we're looking for is people that have are ready to come to work with get their hands dirty do the work come and think about it and and perform and, and look for ways to improve and then individuals who have a big heart like you say mayor but here's what i do do like i do take out your cell phone open up instagram type in louisville metro corrections and you pull up there's a page right there that will show you how to apply for Metro Corrections. Push the button and go right to it. We have an open and continuous application. The other thing you do is you can go to louisvilleky.gov uh, and forward slash corrections. And the first thing you'll see is the opportunities that exist at Metro Corrections f- for all the uh, jobs we have. And you click at the bottom of that page, to take you right to the application. Couldn't be easier.
0: All right, and so there's never been a better time to join with the referral bonuses, the signing bonuses, and the retention bonuses if we get through with a successful hire here. So I encourage everybody to check it out. And so Eric Troutman and Steve Durham, great leaders of our Metro Corrections team, again, I want to thank you, but then all the other folks on the team, okay? Our good union that we work with, all the management we work with, it takes everybody to pull this together. So thanks, everybody, and we look forward to seeing you next time on the Mayor Greg Fisher Podcast.